for the beats, for the love, for the alcohol, for the party. <laughs> One time like, okay. <laughs> Letting the kick ride, letting the snare roll, letting the bottle pour, cups in the airflow. Love what you hear though, everything black. Feel like the beat is everything, well then everything's back. <laughs> letting the speakers blast, letting the beats run. Word to the crate digging, word to machine drums. Get used to it as we proceed. <laughs> black radio for the lover, just the beat. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick gone knock, the snare gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The bottle gone pour, the speakers gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Black chat, black chat, black chat, black chat. Yeah, you already know. Uh, that intro is weak when it's only me. <laughs> so, um, fuck it, but we here. Welcome to Blab Chat. I go by the name of Ill Mind. I'm here with my co-hosts, Nobody. Um, just kidding. Um, Perfection will be here soon. Uh, she's on her way. Crazy, hectic schedule today, so everyone's running around. Um, but it, it's it's going to be uh, me today, and Perfection will be here soon. Um, I have a really, really amazing special guest today, man. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite producers. We're just going to jump right in. Let's give a warm round of applause to my guy, Apollo Brown. Yeah, 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 black chat, black yeah, chat, black chat, chat. <laughs> yeah. What up? So um, for all of our, uh, I don't even want to say day one listeners, but for our listeners who have been uh, fucking with us for a while, um, you may be familiar with Apollo. He's been on the show before. Yep, this yep, was, yep. Uh, I want to say 2016, I think. Yeah, yep. it was a while ago. It was a while ago when I had the other studio. Yep. Uh, rest in peace, that studio. Yeah. Kind of miss it, but I kind of don't. It was nice. It was, it was cool. nice. Yeah, it was it's great. what we dream of. It's what we dream of. Um, so we decided to uh, have my guy, Paula Brown, come through again, man. He's in town. Really, uh, really um, uh, blessed and uh, uh, and appreciate you coming through and spending time with us, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah. It's, it's always uh, a blessing to be in your presence, bro. Oh, man. Uh, thank you, man. But uh, I ain't shit. Oh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, shout to our Instagram viewers here. We're on IG Live right now. So shout to you guys. Um, anytime you guys want to ask a question, go ahead and ask a question on my comment section and uh, we'll try to get you in there. Shout to my guy, Seven Thomas, in the building. Yeah, let me give him a little, little air horn, Seven Thomas. Um, so Apollo, man, um, we got to chop it up for like 45 minutes before this. We yeah, damn near yeah, had a whole yeah, yeah. episode Absolutely. like in the fucking green room. But, um, I, I hate, I'm not a huge fan of like starting off like this, but we kind of have to. So for those who, um, who don't know who Apollo Brown is, why don't you just like give him a little spiel of like what you do and, and what you've worked on and stuff like that. Oh man. Well, uh, you know, producer in, uh, what we call the, the music industry, um, mm-hmm. Hip hop is my my lane, I guess. Um, out of Detroit, I've worked with a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of your favorite artists, man. But uh, more so on the quote unquote underground scene, um, the Ghostface Killers, the mm. Sky Zoos, mm. the Joel Ortizes, the mm. OCs, rappers. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Guilty Simpsons. You know, like a, mm. a lot of a lot of uh, amazing uh, MCs, man. The Planet Asias. You know. Uh, the locksmiths, like a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of great MCs, man. A lot of people that I'm a fan of. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I respect. Um, I can't work with you if I don't respect you, man. Mm-hmm. If I don't respect the work that you put into uh, building your brand. Um, you know, it, it's just 
don't know, man. I love working with these people, man. Yeah. I love making this music. I mean, it's it's kind of the era we came from. Like, you know, when we were coming up as producers, our our instinct was to work with rappers who could rap. Absolutely, and, you know, man. And, and the Absolutely. better the bars and the more yeah. original and the more... Uh, the type of music that really resonates with you those were the kind of guys we wanted to work with yo i needed feeling yep i needed um the delivery had to be there the voice i was big on voice voice like, is voice big. was so like still big I, absolutely absolutely um i needed content um i just i needed overall energy and 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 i needed to not only work with but listen to artists who who believed in themselves man you yeah. could tell when somebody believes in themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they believe it and they, they have this kind of conviction and this uh this energy that comes with what they're saying, man. And I needed that, man. A lot of people don't have that these days, but you know, coming up, man, it was there was so many amazing MCs, man. Amazing. And you know, I tell tell people, yeah, I'm thirty eight years old, man, so you know, I'm old enough to uh have bought Illmatic off the shelf. Oh yeah, the tape. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like it's it's. I was around during a lot of uh, your golden age or whatever your golden era, as people call it. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I got to experience a lot of things. A lot of albums come out. A lot of classics. Mm -hmm. You know, and and um, I think that's you know that's a big reason why I still make the type of music I make today. Absolutely, and, and you know, like if you're in your 30s and, and the whole gamut. Early 30s, mid, late 30s, you know, you got to experience the non-internet, like, Absolutely. okay, uh, who's this guy? This is, like, underground. I think there was, like, Dude. a much bigger appreciation for I remember, underground well, shit. We used, to, we used to go to Sam Goody, man, and just, mm -hmm. you bought a CD or tape or whatever because of the cover. Yep. Or you looked on the back yeah. and was like, oh, featuring this artist, featuring that artist. Um, or because of the label. You yep. know, it was just certain things. You didn't get to hear it first. You yeah. didn't get you didn't get to stream it. You didn't get to you nope. might have saw a video on on you know BT on, on Rap City or or Yo MTV Raps or something. Yep. You might have, but uh, were, you know, it, it just then they started coming out with the um, what what is it where you can play it first? You can you can uh, do the barcode. Oh, uh, and then you can you can you can play like the, th the first thirty seconds of every song. Was that that was at like the bookstores, right? Yeah, it was like Fye. Yeah. I think Fye, Fye, Fye one of those. That, yeah, man. it was like the uh, little snippet. You know what? That yeah. stopped me. That actually stopped me from buying a few albums, man. Wow. Kind of wish that. Uh, they never should have did that. They never should have did that because <laughs> the element of surprise was there back. It was, then. yeah, yeah, you and know? you might have got a whole amazing album, mm -hmm. or you might have got an album with one joint on it. Exactly. It was like, ah, man, this is, yeah. and you gave it a couple more, you know, listens and yeah. hoping that things will grow on you and it never did. Exactly. It's so interesting, man, how, how much the industry and just the game has changed. And I think, you know, obviously this is a production podcast. So, uh, uh, you know, I love speaking from the perspective of the music producer and the creator and, you know, having been around during the, that time, and still being, you know, in the game now, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, what type of music producer is out there. And there's mm -hmm. so many different types, right? Mm -hmm. There's, and we talk about this all the time. There's, what is that? Oh, <clears throat> someone's hammering over here. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little beat. Someone made a little beat. Little. Um, so there, there's so many different types of producers, man. There's, uh, you know, um, the young, I don't want to categorize them as young, but like the producers who live on the internet. Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, I make these types of beats. 
I play the YouTube hustle. We're oh, selling yeah. beats, releasing beats. We're, um, you know, kind of like almost like chasing or being influenced by popular music for the most part. Mm-hmm. And when you come, and and then there's another producer where, okay, I like making my kind of shit, my kind of music that I'm influenced by. I'm not really, uh, I don't really have any desire to try to sound like someone else or be on the big albums and stuff like that. And then you have this like other community of producers who really don't have a desire to work with anyone. It's really just like, let me just put B tapes out. B tapes, yeah. You know, and and we were talking earlier, you know, the whole lo-fi movement and Mm -hmm. just, you know, and, and and that sort of movement being inspired by Dilla, you know, I'll even go Flylo. Like mm-hmm. Flylo yeah. to me was one of the first. Like yeah. I'm influenced by Dilla. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna do my shit. Like, I put Madlib tour. in there too. Madlib too. Yep. 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 Madlib is definitely in that category. Those are like kind of to me like the the fathers of that whole category that movement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's so many different uh, approaches to this production shit. And and the thing that I and we were talking about this earlier. The thing I, I love about and admire about your career is that you, we sort of come from that school, but you have been able to really create this lifestyle and make a living off of this sound that you love so much and, you know, and, and be able to tour the globe and do that. Like, like not many people from our school have been successfully been able to do that, man. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's hard though. Mm-hmm. It's hard because, you know, um, with the type of music I make, you don't work, you don't eat. There's no rest. Mm-hmm. There's no days off. There's no, oh, I'm gonna sit on this album for two years, three years, and then come back with another one. You can't do that. You know, yeah. you got to keep it going. Um, as far as touring, you know, it, you're really only as uh, lucrative as your demand. So, um, I've been fortunate enough to have a demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I come on! Say, you got you got bodyguards in Russia. Come oh on, man, this guy told me the yeah. stories, man. Come on, come on! Oh, man. How, how many how many oh, how many man. can say they they you know have yeah. experienced that, man? You know what? That, that's deal. crazy. That's crazy because when you know in <laughs> Russia, man, I, they literally make me feel like I'm Dre. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm like, yo, I'm not. You know, I'm no awful dirty ass yeah, drums. Yeah, I'm just I'm 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 not Dre, obviously, man. Not even nowhere near. But. Uh, but yeah, see, they, but there's something to be said about that, man, because I think, you know, you're living in it. You are the one doing it. So I feel like when you are the one doing it, sometimes it's difficult to step away and kind of look at it from a bird's eye view and be and look and be like, yeah. hey, you know what? Me doing this and this happening to me and we'll just take Russia for an example. That happening is an anomaly, man. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to really like. I embrace you know? it, and yeah. and you know I, I'm I'm definitely thankful, man. Um, you know I'm I'm thankful to be able to to have the demand to tour around the world, um, and, and play music. Yeah, I mean that's literally what I do, man. I, I tour the world and play music. Mm-hmm. Um, play the music I love. Mm-hmm. No one tells me what to play. It's like yo, I, I play the most just craziest B side from from. You know, a number number five give, on an give, album. Give the people an example of like um, when you're when you're playing your sets, because I don't think most producers, especially the ones listening to my this podcast, I don't think they really understand fully what's happening here. So you're overseas. Well, it, it depends on what I'm doing. So okay, I'm, so I'm so walk, walk me through an over. Let's say uh, Ger- you're in Germany mm-hmm. and you're you're you got booked for a DJ set. Yeah, yeah. Walk through with the people how many people it is and what type of records you're playing 
So here's first and foremost. If I'm if I'm booked for a quote unquote DJ set because I'm not a DJ, yeah. I never ever claim to be a DJ. I never will. I don't want to disrespect the craft by saying I'm a DJ because I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'm a producer that plays good music. Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be any cuts. There's not going to be any crazy blends. There's not going to be no any crabs. No, literally, no, no, no crab scratches. <laughs> no, no DJ Qbert and any of that. Um, so, literally, I come at it with from the standpoint of, all right, everybody in the crowd, you guys are my my best friends. You're at my house right now. We're listening to music, and this is what I would play if you were at my house listening to music. I love that. It may stop in the middle of a track. I may bring a track back. Um, it, whatever it, it may just be an abrupt cutoff, and, and it, there's no crazy blends or anything like that. Right. And it's me playing my favorite tracks, uh, me playing music that I love for my friends, and that's kind of the standpoint that I I, I do a show by when I when I'm wow. when I'm playing music, and wow. they love that. They love that because they, they feel it. they feel as though they're they're coming inside of my in, inside of my life. You know, they're More in intimate. my life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, hey, you guys. This is what I would play you if you were my best friends and you were at my house. This is the music we'd listen to. If you're in my car right now, yeah, and we're dry, we're on a road trip. This is the music that I would play. Right. So throw a couple songs out that that you would play. Just oh, so, I mean, so you know, just, I mean, it would be something like you know, it, well, the whole Black Moon into the stage album. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know quick. what I'm saying? Classic. Um, the Shining. You know. Wow. Something like that. You know, anything Sean P. Um, Doing a little Mass Appeal in there. I have a, anything, gangster. I mean, of course, absolutely. <laughs> That's my favorite Mass, album. Mass Appeal, you know, man, come on. I mean, Moment of Truth. Moment of Truth. You know, I, I'll end up playing uh, a bunch of stuff off of uh, Supreme Clientele. Jesus. Uh, main Source. And they're know. going crazy. Yeah, going oh, crazy. absolutely. No, they're, they're, and we talked about earlier, the crowd over there is a little younger than the crowd here in the States. So. Uh, my fan base in the States is a little older. They've kind of grown with me over the years. Um, overseas, the crowd is as young as, like I said, I've, I've had shows that were 16 up, mm. 16 and up, you know what I'm saying? And Listening to Gangstar. Yeah, absolutely, and loving it, and loving Love. it. And, and, and then, you know, a handful of them in there, you know, reciting the words as, right. as I play it. So right. it gets crazy, man. It gets yeah. crazy over there. And then... You know, I don't want to alienate the United States, man. I don't want to alienate my fans over here. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of spot dates and stuff over here. It's just different, man. And and people are always asking, why are you always over overseas? And you know, why don't you do these shows here? Even when I'm doing shows with artists like, you know, like like Sky Zoo or Guilty Simpson or whoever I'm overseas with, um, there's a difference between overseas and the United States when it comes to support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I hate. Like I said, alienating the United States, but we just don't support like they do. Yeah, and, and that, that's just and, and that's not even just that's not even just monetarily. That's in every aspect. Yeah, you know, um, they want to shake your hand, they want to take pictures, they want to an autograph, they want you to sign the the front side of their phone, and I'm like, yo, you can't even, you can't even see your text messages <laughs> yeah. now because it's marked. I'm like, yeah. yo, why not the back? I'm like, no, the front. I want the front. you know my That's passports. Crazy. They they go crazy over the music that you made. It's not really, I don't want to say it's necessarily necessarily you. It's the music that you've given them, yeah. given them, yeah. and and they love it. And I wish I can have that same response over here in the states yeah it almost sounds like there's more of an intimate connection with your music from people overseas absolutely no, and that absolutely. again not taking away from from the u.s but there's 
there's more out there. It's just different, man. It's just different. And so you get spoiled. Yeah. And so you, you know, when you get spoiled by someone or somebody or something, Mm -hmm. you tend to keep going back to where you're getting spoiled man yeah so we spend and it's not just me it's a lot of your favorite artists yeah a lot of your favorite artists and producers spend a lot of time overseas yeah i mean my man sky and we, we spend know. a lot of time over there man yeah and that's just that's why because the support system is on a different level it's right. crazy exactly so i mean i think that's so interesting because you know we've had a lot of guests on this podcast and i would say 99 percent of the conversation and the questions and everything, 99% of it revolves around what most producers are going for, which is, you know, how do I produce for major artists? How do I, um, you know, even like like the, the art of like selling beats online. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very like, how do I generate more income? How do I generate more income? Which which is part of what we do. We have to, you that's, know? That's why I make all the albums I make, though. Right. Because, so that's your way. Well, because, you know, um, over I would say over the past 10 years, it's become harder and harder and harder to sell beats. Mm. You have Joe Schmo down the street who gives his beats away for free. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've run into situations where it's like, yeah, um, I really like this beat. I really want it, blah, blah, blah. But my man down the street makes one just like it. I'm going to get one from him. It sounds just like it. And it's cheaper. And it's free. It's free. And I'm be like, well, I mean, go go get the beat from your man right. down the street. But so it's 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 harder and harder to sell beats. And that's not just myself, that's a lot of us producers, yeah. big and small. Right. Um there's a lot of MCs and artists that don't want to pay or there's a lot of there's a lot of situations that we've run into in these Absolutely. past couple of years. Um so therefore it's like I got tons and tons of beats laying around. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with these beats? And years ago, I was like, yo, I got to start making albums with these beats. Yep. I don't want them to waste. Yep. I don't want them to just sit here. Right. You know, so I, that's why I make as many albums as I make and, and yeah. work with the artists that I work with because I'm like, yo, I need to. And obviously, I continuously make beats. I'm still making, Absolutely. you know, but I stockpiled beats for like 11 years before the world even know who I was. Yeah. You know, I, I started doing this in 96. I didn't break into the scene until like 2007. Yeah. You know, and, uh, by that time, I had thousands of beats that were just sitting there, just sitting there. ready to go. Yeah, um, and, and it's so interesting because it, your your strategy and what you've managed to do to come this far is the type of pathway and strategy that, and I might be wrong about this, but I, I will I can say that there aren't too many producers that are that are taking your route. And, and to me, you're one of the, and I still consider you new generation. I mean, like Primo mm-hmm. would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, but like you're sort of like the the newer generation, our generation, who's championing that flag and who has done done it this way successfully. And I'm talking about what you just said, having stop stockpile of beats, putting out instrumental albums, branding mm-hmm. yourself as Apollo Brown, the artist with with um these beat tapes and with other artists too like Raz Cast mm-hmm. collabo yep, album yep. the multiple collab collab albums you have this new one coming out today which is out now you guys should go yep. get it and we'll talk about it more in a little bit the album with you and Joel Ortiz Mona mm-hmm. Lisa fire so far appreciate it and, and you're just really continuing to brand who you are what you do and your fans you're feeding your fans and and we'll go back to talking about that earlier because we we're talking about it earlier but 
I think this is an interesting thing because um, you've been able to really make a living off of this. And like I said, having bodyguards in Russia, I mean, come on. I don't even think <laughs> my on, guy, man. and there's no disrespect, this is a big homie, but I like, need you to come out with I, me. I don't even think Ninth Wonder gets bodyguards on, in Russia. Man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or Primo. Yo. Apollo Brown does, you know, Yo, and, and I would be that's crazy. more than happy to come with you. I, you know, no, I would, I would uh, love uh, you. As long as I have a couple bodyguards too. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't care about me out there. But um, yeah, man, like, it, I, there's something to be said about that. And so I really want to dig into that because I really want this episode to hopefully inspire some of you producers who are listening to really think about what you've done and 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 become inspired by that because the the end result doesn't always have to just be I want to produce for Drake I want to produce for mm-hmm. this I want to sign a publishing deal I want to I want to do there's different trap. avenues man there's different there's avenues. so many different like ones you, you've shown them yourself that there's many different avenues to right. to this to this music. Yeah, and and I but I think your avenue is not talked about enough mm. and I do think it's 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 still there and open but uh, I I really believe it you're the one championing this man. You're you're in the you're on the top of the mountain man like I mean, doing this. There's a there's the touring producer man is is kind of um yeah, it's, it's you don't see it a lot. Hip hop touring producer. You, yeah, you don't you don't see it a lot. No, uh, I started doing it in 2010, and uh, again, I still do it. Um, but I think there's a lot of producers out there that think that being a beat maker or being a producer is just sitting in your bedroom making beats, and it's mm-hmm. not. There's so much to it, and there's so many different avenues and 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 obviously there was a, there was a simple time where all we did was make beats and, oh yeah and it, that's all we wanted to do <laughs> just we make beats like oh, i just want to make beats and then you start getting deeper into this industry and deeper into the business side of things and it becomes less making beats and yeah. uh more taking care of business and yeah. stuff so um but being able to tour that's just a whole nother avenue man and and, and there's a, there's a market for it yeah you know, there's a lot of people out there um, and not even just overseas, but here, you know, in, in domestic, you know, in the, in the states, mm-hmm. who love beats, man. Yeah, just beats. Yep. And that's not to take anything away from the artist. And it doesn't or, have or, to be EDM. Let's, let's no, no, let's, no. Let's that, clarify yeah, exactly, that because exactly, I think exactly. people have this misconception that it has to be, you know, Skrillex or yeah, no, no, Diplo, and that's exactly. not taken away from them. They're they're amazing at what they do, but it doesn't have to be that. Right? I'll go places where, and and again, it's not taken away from the artist, the MC, uh, singer, whatever, or whoever gets on the mic. Um, but there's places where all they want to hear is just beats. You could play beats for four hours straight and they're just sitting there attentive, just looking at you like, yeah. Oh my God, and just banging their heads and got the ugly face going, yep. man, just listening to beats. Like there's so, there's a market for it. Yeah. And there's people like myself, people like you, people like black milk, alchemist, premier people that can tour the world. And and it, it can be lucrative. Yeah. Um, having showcases. Yeah. Like I'm trying to. Uh, there, that's one thing I'm trying to do. Um, is is start putting together showcases, uh, back and forth showcases. Mm, uh, between you know maybe, maybe like a, a four producer short showcase. Mm. Um, because there's a big market for it. Right. Huge market for it, especially overseas. Maybe right. People will come out and just be like, oh my god, these are my favorite producers. Where where the where the I guess you would say the backbone, man. Now um, we're we're behind the sound, yeah. That kind of drives their life, yeah. And I see that I see that more and more people are realizing that. I think the us as producers, 
and all of us listening here on this podcast, like as producers, we are being every year that goes by, we're more and more in the spotlight. And Mm -hmm. so for someone like you who has been touring and doing shows as a producer, playing your music, have you seen and, and, and experienced that increase? In, oh, in the amount of people that are interested. Man. Well, see, the, it was it was crazy because in the early days it was the DJ. Mm-hmm. The DJ was everything. Yeah, the forefront. Then it slowly became the MC. The MC was the forefront. Then they kind of went back and forth. No one really look in the '90s. You didn't even know what Premiere looked like. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what Peacock looked like. There was there was there were certain That's producers. You didn't even know, like, I, I didn't know what Buck Wild looked like until probably 2002. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's producers you didn't even know what I didn't know face. what Knots looked like until I did Beat Society with him it, in, like, 04. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you, you didn't even know what we looked like. We were unknown. We were just these basement dwellers that yeah. just kind of, you know, came up every <laughs> once in a while, man. Yeah. Like, um, now our face is on everything. Yep. Um, when you when you see Ill Mind or you see the name Ill Mind, you see his face right along with it and the sound. It's like every it's it's the sound, the vision, yep. you know, uh, everything, man. It's crazy. Like we're we're such in the forefront now. Right. Um, I hear people all the time talk about, yo, if 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 uh, the beat doesn't catch me, man. If if you know if I don't like the beat, I'm not even gonna listen to the song. You know, no matter what the, you know. I mean, it would be an acapella. I mean, exactly. acapella is not very. Well, I, always, I always joke. I'm like, you know, somebody, you know, I'll go back and forth with uh, with, with artists, man, or MCs. And I'm like, they'd be like, man, it's just a, you know, instrumental album, whatever, whatever. Yeah, but I could sell an instrumental album, man. Yeah. I don't think you can sell an acapella album. Hey, facts. But, hey, uh, let, me, let me get this air horn. <laughs> Unless you're doing spoken word or a comedy album. Comedy yeah. albums are cool. Or, you know, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You don't don't rhyme your words. Just talk. Yo, but just talk. Um, Put it, throw it up on fucking Spotify. You know, but it, it, it's it's crazy how the producer has become the forefront and kind of the yeah. driving force. Yeah, behind music. Period. And it's so interesting. That being said, and being someone who has has been you know uh, touring and and playing as a producer for for uh, for people live and stuff like that. You know, when when what date was that first? show that you did like as apollo brown just playing your beats oh, like, when, when you did you what? do that when was Yo, the first it was, time it was it was 2007 mm-hmm. so it was the, it was the time that i came up with the name apollo brown so wow um i think you i think you mentioned but I was, repeat it for them i, I think was living i was living in cleveland yeah. at the time um i had moved to cleveland for work mm-hmm. you know it was my, my job was down in cleveland so i was going back and forth from cleveland to detroit every weekend so i had i had figured out all right, all right man i'm you know it's time for me to uh, what well, Backtrack. My cousin was like, "Yo, you made these beats." I showed him some beats. He was like, "You made these?" I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, man." He was like, "Yo, you're crazy. Like, what, what is this, man? Like, you need to show people. Like, mm-hmm. people need to know." So fast forward, you know, I um, I signed up for a uh, a it, it was kind of like a producer showcase. It was like a local thing in Detroit, mm. and um, there were a bunch of heads there. I think uh, House Shoes was there, and DJ Dez was there, and some other cats, and. Um, so on the way, it's a three-hour drive from Cleveland to Detroit. On the way, I'm like, yo, I need a name. I don't have a name. You don't I, have had, a name. I had old names. Like you know a moniker. Like, yeah, yeah, but I needed a new name. I was like, yo. And I didn't want anything that was like the machine yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I wanted something that was a little more on the kind of Kanye West, you know, a first and a last first name and a type last. thing. So I was like, all right. So that three hours kind of 
you know, that whole three hours, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a name. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, man, I need a name. You're in the car. I'm in the car yeah. driving to Detroit. Got a CD in my, you know, wow. sitting next to me on the seat, ready to go. And so um, I come up with Apollo, and I'm like, okay, Apollo, Apollo, Greek god of music. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I like that, Apollo, cool, cool. But I didn't want it to just be Apollo. I was like, all right, man, so we need, need something else. So I was like, Apollo Green. <laughs> Follow green, green. green. I was money. like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Al Green. I was yeah, like, Al yo, green. Al Green. You know, yeah. cool, cool. Nah, doesn't really roll off the tongue like I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like, all right, well, I'm a big fan of James Brown. So I was like, Apollo Brown. That sounds decent. Apollo Brown. Apollo Brown. Yep. So I kind of just kept saying it to myself, and I do, I do this suit. You know, what up, man? Oh, what up, Apollo? Yeah, like what would they say? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I called my man. Um, Derek, a lot of people know him as Finale, man. He's an mm-hmm. MC out of Detroit. Um, and uh, I was like, yo, man, what you think of this name? And he was like, yo, this sounds dope. Yeah. And, uh, he, he was going to the, to the show as well. He was going to meet me there. And um, so I, I come up, all right, Apollo Brown, that's, that's what it is now. All right, yeah. cool. I get to the show. Everybody's doing their beat showcases. I'm, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. These beats are dope. All mm. these producers are dope. I've never been to anything like this in my life. I've never been to, I've been to many shows, but I've never been to a, a show that was dedicated to the producer. Yeah. You know, just playing beats. Yeah. And, and, and as most of the people in the room were other beat makers, and so we can understand what, what they were doing and, mm-hmm. you know, the drums and the chops and everything. It was like, oh, this is crazy. I, I, I love this. So then it was my turn, and um, they were calling Apollo Brown. Apollo Brown, I need you to come up, you know, because I had signed my name on the, as Apollo Brown. On the thing as Apollo Brown. I was Apollo Brown, and I'm sitting there just chilling, like, <laughs> you know, I, think I, I got a drink in my hand. I'm just chilling, <laughs> you know. And Apollo Brown, Apollo Brown, where you at? Yeah. And I don't even, I don't know what's going on, man, because I'm, I just, I just came up with that, and I didn't even, it you didn't register. Remember. I didn't wow. register that they were calling my name. Wow. The name that I just come up with. Yeah. And then, um, so they had let a couple other people go ahead of me, uh-huh. and because they they just figured I wasn't there. Right, and then finale came up to me and was like, "Yo, they they just called you, man. They isn't that the name that you came up with?" And I was like, "Oh, shit. <laughs> oh shit, that's me." Oh shit, I was like, "Yo, that is me." And I, I was totally crazy. clueless. Like, so then I went up to him. I was like, "Yo, Apollo Brown, whatever." And they were like, "Oh, we called you." And I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't hear it, man. I'm sorry." But wow. So then they let me. Crazy. They let me rock. That's and crazy. um, they let me rock, and I started playing beats. And the first beat I played caught everybody's attention. And mm-hmm. then I played another one, and then another one, and everybody was just like, "Holy shit!" Like nobody knew who I was. Right. Nobody seen me before. I was living in Cleveland, and um, nobody. I wasn't on the scene or anything. It was like, "Who the fuck is this dude, man? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this dude? What are these beats? Like, what is this?" Mm-hmm. And um, I've never felt love like that in my life, um, other than me, you know, on the football field or in, in track meet in high school or whatever. Wow. Other than that, I've never felt like. Because everyone was looking at me and just like, yo, this shit's crazy. And then after I was done, I only played like nine or ten joints. And um, everybody was just coming up to me, man. Yo, what's your name, man? Who are you, man? What, whatever. You know, what's, what's your mm-hmm. number? Everybody wants your, everybody wants your math, Back then it was and, your number, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the MCs in the, in the, in the crowd wanted, you know. They, they weren't like, yo, number. what's your IG? They nah, want man, your number. They want your number. They want yeah, your phone number. Yeah, yo, yo, what's your number, man? So I'm giving out to my number to people, man. Yeah. And I'm just going crazy. I was like, yo, this is crazy. I'm mm-hmm. getting all this love. And that was that was when it started, man. And wow. Then I did another one for uh, for House Shoes. Mm-hmm. He put one together. It was like me, 14KT, Black Milk, Nick Speed. Like it was a DJ Dez. It was like a bunch of mm-hmm. you know well knowns in the uh, in in the um, the scene. 
and uh went up there and showed out man and it was just like from then on man i just was, so was, just hooked, on I was, from I was there. hooked to it man i was just like yeah. yo then i started battling yeah and i was on the beat battle circuit for yeah let's talk like let's talk about that for a little bit like how what was that experience like because the obviously the beat battles now are still very prevalent they are you yeah. know i i love it i'm like a it's almost like um you know the the rap battles yeah. you know shit like that it's like a different type of producing it's like, it's it's it is definitely a different type of you know, producing because yeah. when you're when you're doing the battles, uh, when you do battles, it's a lot of air drums. You're making you're making certain joints that you would never make for an album. Right. I would never make these joints for an album. Right. I would have to scale them down. I would yeah. have to take layers off. Yep. But you're doing things specifically for crowd response. So you're putting in different sounds and 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 yeah. different uh, crashes and certain things that would get the crowd to go like. Oh shit! You know mm-hmm. your drums are stupid hard, mm-hmm. so in the red it's not even funny. Yeah, yeah, very. You much. know what I'm saying? Like everything is just way overdone, yeah. and um, it was it was it was fun while it lasted. I I I won the Detroit Red Bull. I ended up mm-hmm. uh, I beat um everybody's favorite producer man. So. I hey, put that out there. Oh, um, okay. Well, you got guys got to do your, do your research if you want to find that out. He, he's, he, he's one of the producers that's kind of killing the game quietly right now. Word, word, um, word. You already know. You know, um, Frank Dukes. I'll put oh, him out there. Frank. Frank. Oh, my Frank, God. Frank. Frank. But no, no, Frank's Frank, killing Frank, 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 Frank is the homie. Frank's amazing, bro. Yeah, Frank's he's, he's, he's always been yeah. crazy, man. Crazy. I, I, I This is not the first time I've mentioned uh, this about Frank, but um, he, you, do you, were you there? Do you remember when uh, he used to go by the name Phase One? I, I remember that. That was early on. Early. Yeah, yeah, that was early on. I was yep. like, who's yep. Phase One? Yep. Yep. This kid from, nah. from Toronto. Toronto, man. Killing yeah, it. Yeah, Frank, Frank is He was monster. always nice with it, man. Oh man, he's just he, he just he knows what he's doing. Man. He, he yeah. definitely knows what he's doing. His drums have always been crazy, man, yeah. cracking. But that yeah. was like my claim to fame, man. Beating but the, Frank you know Dukes the, the battle, the beat battle circuit, and just like the producer <clears throat> showcase circuit, I think really was responsible for a lot of us, man. Like you know, oh, for me, for me, it wasn't necessarily like the battle circuit. It was more beat society. It was yeah, yeah. For me, it was Red showcases. Bull. It was, it was yeah, the Red, Red Bull. Bull. Big Tune, yeah. You know, and I even did big Red Bull Big Two yeah. in 2008, and I got fucking knocked the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, but you know, it was like I was in it. Cardiac was in it. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> I did it three times, man, and got yeah. knocked out the first two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, and, and then, but I think for me, it was like the a beat society, and then being being able to showcase your beats, and and now you know, even fast forward to um. Battle of the Beatmakers mm-hmm. in Toronto, which mm-hmm. is, you know, debatably one of the really more established, like really, really great beat battles out there. It's crazy. And and speaking of them, they're doing another one, uh, I believe, in November. Uh, I don't know the exact date. I should know, but uh, I am a judge on that. So shout to Battle of the Beatmakers. Can't wait to hear you guys' beats. But the, the beat battle circuit's still really uh, popping right now. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's putting a lot of people on, like Boy Wanda. Right, he entered Battle of the Beatmakers in Toronto, and he won like the first two or three, mm-hmm. and that's really how he contri- it contributed to him kind of bubbling Yo, in Toronto. Yo, just, just fucking just kill my stomach though, man. It was yeah. like it was like before a track meet, man. Yeah, like right before, <laughs> right before we're getting ready to battle, it's like the butterflies in my yeah. stomach would just just be going crazy, yeah. man. And, um, like but thinking was, about how they would react. Oh my god, like, man! Because oh, you had to have a strategy. You have. You to. had. You can't. You can't go in there. <clears throat> See, a lot of people would do the whole, uh, I'm going to go weak to hard. Like, I'm yeah. going to play my weakest beat first no. and then 
because they they anticipate making it to the end, yeah. and I'm like, yo, you can't do that. Yeah. Like you have to. Like, Every joint got to be hard. You got to come out crazy, <laughs> and you have to maintain that. I mean, you have to maintain it. You have to maintain, but you have to have your your couple whatever for the end. But the ones that you play, because you don't, you might get knocked out the first. You don't know what they're yeah. about to play. I you think know. I think the best strategy, and what do you think of this strategy? The best to me, the strategy is to make it past the first round. Absolutely, I think you, you pl- should play in your mind your best beat the first round because if you can get that far, well, you got to get the crowd. You, you got to get the crowd. You've already increased your chances of getting further because you just a bunch of other people got knocked yeah, out too. Yeah, you went from sixteen to eight like that. Boom, like that. So if you're playing your 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 B folder first, you're gonna lose. I think that's what I did. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's I, why I lost. I uh, no, I was just man. I, yeah, that was a good time, man. Yeah. But but it's like then I after that, man, I didn't really have anything else to prove with that, and I was just like, you know what? I need to start making albums, man. I yeah. need to start making real songs, and exactly. And that was my passion to start making actual good songs. And um, like I said, I had to scale down <clears> some of those beats. I used some of those beats on albums, man. Not many. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are just sitting in a folder somewhere because they literally are too much for a, for an album. You can't right. use those, right? Um, but that was it was a good aspect of my career. I think it was one of those just kind of stepping stones in my career, man. Yeah. It, you know, I think we all had it, you know, and just battling. It was it was newer. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a new scene, yep. and um, it was just something to to kind of some fun to do. Yeah, it, it felt was something good. To do. Yeah, absolutely. It felt good to do, and, and to be for once in the spotlight as opposed to just in your room, mm-hmm. private, making beats, stuff like that. Yep. So I wanna I wanna um go back a little bit and and talk about um just just kind of your success in hey what's up perfection? Perfection's here hey. horn air horn um what up, what up, what up? say hi to IG Live. What's up? You ready to know? Um, what are you guys talking about? So yeah you could jump right in. So you know, I was talking to Apollo about um, just the idea that he is one of the few sort of like successful producers that has taken, I mean, I guess I'll call it non-traditional because it's it's very much not traditional right now, but Apollo has successfully taken this route as a producer uh, that not many producers take. You know, most of the conversations we have on this podcast are like, you know, how do I produce on major albums? Right. I want to sign a publishing deal. Mm-hmm. I want to. How do I sell beats on YouTube? It's how do I sell drum kits? It's a lot of like the same type of goals right. that most producers have. Placements, placements, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is right. Everyone are great. wants that. Placements are great. Yeah, I just have never went that route of going, right. of trying to get placements. Right, exactly. And and I think that's interesting because Apollo for many years, we're going on more than ten years now. Yeah, yeah. You've been able to not only maintain your sound which started in the underground and it's very much rooted in like, you know, crazy drums, like dirty drums, soulful. I I hate using the word boom bap, but it's just feel good music, Mm -hmm. right? And you tour the world, you got bodyguards in in Russia, you know what I mean? Like this guy's going to Russia with bodyguards, Apollo Brown, oh my God. Right, right, signing autographs. Playing, playing, uh, you know, uh, Gangstar. And, and and you know what I mean, Wu Tang and, and and stuff like that, and I just think that's that's interesting because I don't think many producers know that you can make a living by doing that. Absolutely, right. you Absolutely. know, and you're the prime example Absolutely. of that. And so I just I want to continue to talk about that. Um, you know, like when you transitioned from the beat battles to um, D 
DJing live and stuff, like, how did you f- initially create this game plan for yourself? Like, did you know that you were going to put instrumental albums out and do collab albums and then eventually tour overseas and generate this much income? Like, was it very much a plan no, or no, was it I, I you just think jump it was, right into no, it? No, there was no plan. It was just make music. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make music. And, and it's just obviously things kind of just fall in your lap or whatever. Um, in 2010, I ended up going overseas to tour with an old group of mine, The Left. Mm-hmm. It was an album I made, it was called Gas Mask. And I saw the response of the people. You know, it was like, uh, I think it was, we went with uh, Random Acts, I think it was. It was wow, uh, Random Acts. The response of the people for that type of music was mm. like, oh wow, I was right. like, yo, I, we, can, we can do this. We <laughs> can, can do this. Because for a while I didn't want to do it anymore. I was right. like, yo, they, I'm, I'm watching too much TV, listening to too much radio, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, it's not really a market for what I do anymore. Right. But there was. And I didn't really know that. Um, and watching their response and, and seeing them, you know, mouth the words and um, to a relatively unknown album. Yeah. You know, I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I, what, what, what I thought was an unknown album. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing that response, man, just kind of sparked something in you and, and kind of it kind of touched my ego a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I can I can definitely I can do this. Right. Yeah. 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 It's validation. But do you think it's um it's the type of music you make, how you make music and you know, the music you come from cuz I feel like you know, I was talking to a producer the other day where it's like we're kind of in the microwave era of music where it's like everything's being released, people are creating, Absolutely. people are creating and and they have to drop. Someone has to get on it. Someone has to listen to this. You know, it was I feel like you know, probably for you coming up, especially, you know, doing it 10 plus years, you know, even doing that 10 years ago, music was different then. You know what I mean? So I think like as young producers coming up in the game now, they see that, you know, these guys can post a, a video on, you you know, a, a beat on YouTube and it can get placed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like a lot of producers nowadays, that's the reason why they have that mentality because it's, how yeah. music's being created and how quickly it's being consumed and picked up in a sense. And, and how quickly it's being forgot about. Exactly. I mean, we're talking music. It doesn't last for more than a month or two now. Not even. You know it's like yeah. you have like it's, three albums dropping in one week. So absolutely. it's like you have one or two days to like listen to this album. And then I mean, there next. was a time where you can you can literally put an album out and sit on it for three years. People people were still consuming it that whole three years, you know, but now you have to continue to work and put out music. Mm -hmm. You're going to get forgot about. And as a producer, we were talking about this earlier. There's always somebody that's waiting in the wings to take your spot. Yeah. You know, and if you're quiet for too long. Yeah. Somebody's gonna come get your copper pipe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna think, they're gonna take your spot. Yep. Do you think that's harder? Like that concept is harder for producers or artists? I think it's both. Um, I think I can only really look at it from the standpoint of a producer right. um, because there's so many producers out here waiting to uh, work with the artists that I'm working with mm-hmm. or uh, get the placements that I'm getting or undercut me price wise for a beat that sounds mm-hmm. similar to mine right or whatever it does you know i just have to i have to keep working you right. know and um i have to keep building my brand and and keep making sure that the music that i'm putting out is satisfactory mm-hmm. it's quality music you know and i think that uh staying consistent as well is right. a big part of it mm-hmm. you know um consistency leads to longevity to me yeah, yeah. I, you know I, I think that's amazing because you know we we're talking earlier like 
how you sort of have this mindset of like feeding your fans, right? Yeah, and yeah, which yeah. all of us, if we have fan base, that's what we should do, right? And I, I just think you're inspiring because there's a lot of producers out there who want to create the music that you are currently creating and want to be in this position where they get to go overseas, they can mm. tour in the U.S. overseas and, and, and make a living and work with, with these artists. And so, you know, what if, if you were to like be in a room and full of like those types of producers, what what are what are some things you would tell them? What are what are some pieces of advice you would have for them? Like if I'm a kid, if I'm 18, and I I just fell in love with you know Apollo Brown sound, Primo Ninth, like I just love that sound and I'm creating it. What what can what can a kid that age, new to the game, what are some things they can do to kind of establish themselves if they were inspired by maybe taking your route? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 really. I mean, it starts with, you know, uh, making the music you want to make. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's mm-hmm. you, you number make, one. We tell you if you're having fun and you're enjoying it and you're making the music that you want to make. I can't music make music I hate. Yeah, right. You know, I've tried it. Yeah, I've tried it. I was like, oh, this is what's hot. Let me see what I can do. But I'm hating what I'm, what the outcome is. I'm hating yeah. what I'm making. I'm like, ah, this is horrible, man. Like, I don't even yeah. like the sound of this. I'm, yeah. I'm not feeling it. So I trash it. But. Starting with like making the music you want to make and staying true to yourself, um, whether that is a certain sound, whether it's the sound of uh, quote unquote commercial music, whatever that's on the radio, or if it's the sound of uh, Pete Rock in 1993. I mean, right. whatever, um, whatever that sound that that kind of puts a tingle through your body. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You have to and love it first. You mm-hmm. have to love what you're doing, man. Mm-hmm. You have to love what you're doing, and you have to know that which which I kind of didn't know and kind of um, there, there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a market for it. You know what I'm saying? There's a market yeah. for anything out there. There's, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. There's a market globally. Mm-hmm. There's a market for everything. But there's definitely, you know, for the, that type of hip hop, the type of hip hop that I make, there's a global market for it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and domestic. And, and, you know, you being able to establish yourself globally before the internet. I mean, that's right there is super impressive. That's crazy. That right there is super impressive. And so now living in the age of like peak internet, people are on their yeah. phones more than 50% of the day, searching, swiping. Mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays there's just no more excuses. Like nah, yeah. if you want to, yeah. yeah, right? You can get it to everybody you want to get it to. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's consumed yeah. globally and by the masses. It's just, it's in the way that you can get it to them. There's right. so many different avenues and mm-hmm. so many different vehicles of getting your music out yeah. to anyone yeah. Yeah. all Literally. over the world. It's crazy. Literally. Um, I just, I don't want people to be discouraged by what they hear or see on TV or hear on the radio <clears> or whatever. I, just, just make the music that you want to make and someone will love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's going to be somebody that's going to love it. Yeah. Not just your friends. That's who, true. You know, and don't, don't hang around. Yes, men. So no, don't. <laughs> right. Get rid of them. Don't. So you mentioned. <laughs> anyway, God. You mentioned um, that you tried making music that you tried making music that's out there or whatever, and you ended up hating it. Well, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of music that's out today that I love. There's music out there that that sounds great. Um, it's just I'm used to making music a certain way right. and a certain sound. Mm-hmm. So when I, I kind of. Uh, delve into making music 
maybe that someone else like if I if I tried to emulate Manny Fresh right now, like I would absolutely I he's good at what he does. <laughs> right. right. I wouldn't be good at that. Right. It wouldn't you sound try right. It, but yeah. you, try but it. you could evolve into something new for yourself. Like if you start loving it, then it's like, oh shit, I just found a new sound. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. and obviously like yeah. anything, it takes practice. Yeah. You know, and it takes years. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. So so how do you find the balance with staying true to your sound and the music that you like to make with what's out there right now that you might not necessarily like or feel as a producer? Well, uh, th there's two different levels to it. So there's really I wouldn't say a balance because my music's still out there mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying it's not I don't really have to choose between the two um it's just the type of music I make doesn't necessarily reach certain levels right. or certain plateaus that other music makes right um but I'm, would you want that though I, I would you know I would we talked about it earlier yeah we did um I would love to and, and I used it you know, take a dive into the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm in this waiting pool right now with a lot of other people where mm -hmm. I'm just kind of just just waiting. You know, just right. just sitting there, right. just kind of staying afloat. Mm -hmm. And you know, I would love to, um, you know, get out and go jump in the ocean real quick. Right. I don't mm -hmm. really want to stay there. I don't necessarily have to stay there, but I'd love to stay there. And when I say that, I'm talking about. Your ill minds. I'm talking about your ninth wonders. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about your your DJ premieres. People who are well respected in this industry, on uh, an underground level and a commercial level. Um, people who who can make the grimiest of grimy beats for the most street dude ever, and then turn around and make the cleanest, most commercial right. beat for mm -hmm. the biggest pop star ever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and do both. And and. You're like, yo, this is crazy. How do you do both? How do you how do you chill in the waiting pool and then jump in the ocean but you, and then right. jump back in the waiting pool? But you don't think that has to do with diversity? It is. It, it does. I think it is. It does. Diversity. You know it I mean? definitely does. It, and, and it's um, being able to do that and do that successfully. Um, uh, some of that I don't have the know-how. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that I would definitely have to consult people. Right. Because right. I don't have the know-how. I'm, I'm really set in my ways. Mm -hmm. I'm really set in how I make music, the type of music I make, um, the fans that I represent and represent me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm really, I'm older and I'm kind of set right. in the yeah. ways that I am. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm open. Mm -hmm. I'm the last couple of years I've been really open, and I'm like, you know what? Even for like the sky joint, like yep. um, I pulled out the 808 kit. I yeah, never. By the way, out. that was one of my favorite beats. Yo, I never there. pull out 808s. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so, that I pulled shit out was the 808 so kit, tough. and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this 808 kit, and I'm gonna double time my hi hat, stuff like mm. that, Man. stuff that Apollo Brown Listen. doesn't do. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I'm 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 kind of trying to explore mm -hmm. and yeah, experiment. I feel that. You know, because even me as like with my sound, you know, of course, like we talk about it all the time. People yep. like stick with your sound, stick with what you like. But then there are things that I'm like, man, I kind of want to, kind of want to make that or, or yeah, yeah. kind of like shift towards that genre, mm -hmm. so to speak. And it's like sometimes I don't have the know how of doing certain things where you might have yeah. to consult someone else. Exactly. You know, and and I think again that. For me, it falls back to being diverse, right? Because it's like you can go into any pool and swim, mm -hmm. and then you can just come out and you know sit in the sidelines, kind of. You know what I mean? The sun, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, and then I think another thing too is ego. Um, right. You know, for me, me saying that I don't have the know-how in something, there's a lot of producers out there that will not admit that. Yeah. You know, like you just said, if mm -hmm. you don't have the 
like, yo, if I don't have the know-how, I mean, there might be a producer out there that's only been doing this for one year, but they know so much more than me and can teach me something. I'm willing to learn. Definitely. Yo, I've been doing this for 20 mm-hmm. years. You, But I don't know everything yeah. because I'm set in the way that I do things. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of stuff over here and there's always that I, I don't know anything about. Yeah, and I just feel like there's always something new to learn. Even if Absolutely. you do know, yep. if you even if you do know everything there is, there's always someone gonna teach you how to do it a different way, yeah, how to you, do it quicker. You gotta stay a student of the game. A student of life. Yeah, Hold absolutely. on. That beat, I just have to play this really quick. Yeah, you, which one? Uh, which one are we talking about? The one with the 808s on it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, what was it called? It was, um, oh, yeah. Uh, the Vibes, I think it was. It was The Vibes. This is one of the hardest. But I just, I'm pull, pulling out that kit, man. I, I don't ever do that, but. Wait, no, listen, Sky played this beat for me. Yeah. Early on. Welcome to Brooklyn. He recorded the. Uh, That's what they talk about. That real. You know? We see y'all out. Like, What's up one? with the vibes? What's up with the vibes? Yeah, this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. keep it where the aura stay alive. Like, pardon us for breathing like we in 95. Wow. I mean. That shit is so hard, man. For me, for me to double time my hi hats and stuff like yeah. that, you know, I really, really, I mean, I had fans that were like, yo, what is this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Like, like in a really? bad way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like, like yo, why so are is, you... this, is this where you're going now? Right. Like, is this what you're doing? Well, it's like we said in the, like, it's like we said in the back room. It's like for every two fans that say that, you're going to have five that love it. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah, always yeah. gain, you lose a little bit and then mm-hmm. gain a little more, yeah. you know? It's like, so for you, like, we were talking about that pretty deeply earlier but like for you in your mind and i know this is kind of like an ongoing thing but what what do what would that sort of like dip into the ocean look like for you like in your in your mind in a perfect world what would you want that to look like oh man i mean you know it would have to be it would have to be something soulful Mm. um it, it would have to be because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a turn up type of dude. I've never, never have been. I'm not really, I don't really make that type of, type of. Yeah, chance, you're not trying to do like Bodak Yellow. No, no, no. That's you know, but, but, um, you know, even just being a part of, uh, something that is very successful is yeah. fine with me. Like you, you should, you could have. I don't been, have to have the hit joint. You could have been it, on Damn. Exactly. You could, you, you could be on Kod. Yeah. You could be yeah. on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, on on a on a you know. A cold joint or, or something or you know a cold album or, or you know it just even just being a part of the makeup of something that's really successful not for nothing man uh, but they might be fans of yours hey i mean you ever try reaching yeah, out no nah, i've never that's another thing you know we talked about that i i've never been big on reaching out and uh that might be the move you know placements and stuff right. like that because it's like why. what's the worst just, that could happen like if you true, if you true. were to, right. if you were to just you just on get Twitter, a client you just get a you client just, you just add you just add cole like Yo, fuck with you, got man. Some shit I got you. some shit for you. He might DM you back, be like, "Yo, Apollo, man, I, I'm a big fan." Like, and I'm not gonna name names, but I've yeah. done it and it's worked. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. you can do it too. Yeah, nah. <laughs> right. I, I'd definitely be down for that, man. What yeah, are I'd your be down. What are the top? <clears throat> what are your top five favorite songs right now? Mm. Oh man, that's like, what. Do you don't have or to go top in order. three? Top that's, three. That's a, right. Like favorite songs, like, like not, that are out like right now. New or yeah. old? New. New. Okay. New. So for the p- new songs in the past, what two years? Maybe, one year. Yeah, two years. Okay, past two years. Favorite songs. Uh that's I oh, man. I'm I'm just that's that's a really spot question right yeah, there. It that's is. it is it, it's um because I don't know if I can name you five artists right now. I'm so <laughs> I'm so, I'm so like. 
off into my own stuff. So it's like, are you still listening to like? I still listen to a lot of old things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Like, yeah. I still listen to like on the way here. I was listening to, I was listening to my own beats, but <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm, I just gotta make. Because you're a, a producer, of, and, and that's what we do. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of you know, but like I listen to. God, man, yeah, that's that's hard, man. That's real hard. Did you hear Cole's new album? New. Um, yeah, Kod. Yeah, but I'm I'm a I'm a bigger fan of the one before it though. Like, yeah, um, uh, yeah. For, the, the, for your the, eyes the, only. Yeah, 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 yeah. Free eyes only, or free eyes only. That 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 joint, just that joint. Period is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I literally shed tears on the uh, "She's Mine" joints because mm-hmm. um, I was thinking of my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I listen to those like when I'm on when I'm on the road. Yeah, those are like big songs. Right. See, that's too. the magical thing about Cole. He he gives you that feel like you yeah. feel his music. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. one of the few that can still do it on on that level though. Yep. Like a lot of people, you just gotta know. Like yo, like you don't turn up twenty four seven. You just don't, but man. Do you, yeah. do you feel like that's the reason why there aren't? As that many songs right now that you can name that are probably impactful to you probably. because it's they're all do you feel like no, everything out now is too turn up everything or? is just so like hype no man. emotion like, I've, I've literally been listening to and my wife my wife is, is a latina man and she she's really into like bad bunny and, <laughs> yeah um, you know stuff yeah. like that man oh, so yeah. like that's usually what's around in the house my, yeah that's all that's around the house right. man it's all my kids listen to is like yeah. Bad Bunny and J Balvin and stuff like that. And that's like, <laughs> yeah. yo, like, and that's pretty much what I listen to on a day to day basis, yeah. indirectly. Right, right, right. You right. know what I'm saying? It's always unless I'm down in my studio. Right. Other than that, man, it's just it's kind of like listening to old stuff and yeah. listening to stuff that inspires me. Mm-hmm. Do you do you play your stuff for your wife? My wife's not really. Um, she's not really. She probably couldn't name you one of my albums. Yeah, she's, she's not really she's in not, that super in not, that world. Nah, she's an Eric fan. She's not an Apollo fan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's not really in that world. I, I find that to be actually like pretty cool. It's actually That's pretty dope. It's 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 relieving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know she, but she's just because she's she's in it for you, like yeah. your relationship. Yeah, like is when real, we when we met, know? she didn't know who I was and mm-hmm. any any type of significance I might have had on the music industry or whatever. Um, she she wasn't about that. She didn't yeah. care, you know. And then she slowly was like, "Yo, what?" <laughs> right, she's looking. Me you got bodyguards in, like, in Russia this? right now. Like, what's what up? But also like, who, that, who are you? but like, that what separation kind of helps too, because I I look at that too with like family. True. Mm-hmm. You know, like like my boyfriend's in the industry, mm-hmm. so we talk a lot about work and you yeah. know just all of that. And then it's like when I come home, my mom. I'm Dominican, so my mom listens to Spanish music. She's not mm. really into like hip hop like that. Like she know, probably knows who Drake is. You know, she's Americanized, mm-hmm. but she's not like putting Drake on the radio. It's like my mom. She's listening to La Mega. You know what I mean? And my brother's into hip hop, but he's not into the industry. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like a double life kind of, right? Where like like a lot of times out the day I'm doing one thing and then when I come home, they're like so far removed from anything that they're not worried about. They're not talking about Pusha and Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They didn't watch Joe Budden's podcast. So do y'all still get those those family members and friends who, who still, even though it's been forever but they still are like yo when are you gonna get a real job yeah of course yeah. you get that too oh absolutely yeah, yeah. every family party st- meet still so when are you gonna get a real job yeah some it's decreased over time now they're like 
oh shit like oh how was are, when yeah. are you going to this or when am i going to the grammys with you you know it's like that yeah, and i yeah. love my family obviously yeah. but but yeah no definitely like you have that little yeah like oh yeah, when, I think I think a lot was, of yeah. I think a lot, some of my family members don't even know to the to the extent of what I do, so they mm. probably just don't know. And the yeah. other ones that do, they're like, oh, okay, cool, like, oh, wow. But they don't equate it. But to But then, a real like, job. my mom no, is no. probably the one. If we really had a conversation, like, she gets it and she knows I'm, you know, around things that like they'll consider cool, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not around it. Um, but I'm sure if we have a real conversation, she'd probably be like, yo, why don't you just go back you- to like. Yeah, yeah, it kills me. I'm like, yeah. yo, when you when you gonna get it? I'm like, yo, I, I this provi- is a real provide. job. This is my real. This is my this career. This is the job. Like, yo, but what you you gotta work. It's like, God, there's no make, other option. Make more money than you. Yeah, like, what, are you, exactly. what are you doing? Like, what right. are you like? Yeah. real job. Like, what is this real? Yeah, like the arts aren't yeah. Uh, yeah. aren't a real. But you know, a lot of the arts have always been. It's always been disrespected as a mm-hmm. absolutely. It's always been a hobby or you know something. Yeah, because for some people they're more traditional. It's like go absolutely. to school, yeah, get yeah, a real yeah. job, have a degree where you can have a four hundred one k and yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. pay it's, benefits. It's and interesting retire. though because I th- I think that's more of like our parents' generation exactly yeah. because and, and if they were immigrants, which you know they mm-hmm. you know some of them were, it's like that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. It's like you come to America you raise your kids to kind of do the same thing you did our parents were the last generation to yeah. really work a 25 year job yeah. and retire True. from it True. Yeah. our generation was like alright we're gonna work 11 I'll work 11 years and yeah. then we'll either get fired laid off um, <laughs> just switch jobs and do whatever yeah. but we but 25 at one job yeah. it was like yeah. eh. and That's then the crazy. generation below us like they just don't even want to work yeah so, the generation yeah. like my want, generation oh, is kind even, of like want to work. my generation is kind of like I could do two years, and yep. after that, I'm done. Depending on the place, Cause some people's like after six months, they're already trying to figure out what's new. And I don't know. In this day and age, I'm not sure if that's a bad thing, because right. there are some people that I know or that I've you know watched that they'll move from position to position in great companies. Like there's one girl that I've been following, and I love what she does. She went from like Def Jam, then she started working at like. Twitter and like Instagram, mm-hmm. all in a matter of a couple years, mm-hmm. but that it's helping her, right? It's not because she has she has amazing yeah. positions. So it's mm-hmm. like she goes, does what she has to do, make her impact, you know, and then finds what's the next level, and she just keeps elevating. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, does that help us in this day and age? Kind of because, like you said, our parents, like my mom, has been working for the Board of Ed over 25, maybe yeah, 30, yeah, yeah, you know, 25, yeah. 30 years. So you know. Like you said, it's a generation, but I think it's the times that we're in I think now, it's the times. Too. I agree with that. I think, you know, the system of the way that we could generate income and maneuver and provide services and products to the world is different than it was yeah. even yeah. 15 years ago, mm-hmm. let alone 30 years ago. Absolutely. So, like, the model of, you know, choosing a school and a career when you're in high school when you're 16, 17, and then doing college for four years and look for a job and then retire at 60 or whatever mm-hmm. it is, the model's pretty much over. Yeah, it's not happening It's, it's, kinda, it's, it's pretty it's much so done. Much and that's broad. no knock. And, but, and also yeah. I think because of a lot of industries, um, you can gain knowledge outside mm-hmm. of school mm-hmm. you know like to be a doctor please do not go on YouTube and try to like watch yeah, videos yeah, and yeah, think no, you can no, do no. that go to school for but if that. you want to put together a shelf yeah school is definitely for valuable for, for a lot of things mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't absolutely. say to not go to school yeah. but 
but you know, I don't know, like when I have kids and my kids are that age, I'm going to give them the opportunity to find themselves. Absolutely. You know, like, no, I agree. We've talked about that all the time. Yeah, don't go away to college and pick like a me, thing. Like me and my wife both. My wife has her master's, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I graduated from Michigan State in 03, and, you know, so we both have our degrees and stuff, but it's not, to me, it's not mandatory. It's yeah. not something that is a necessity. If you want to go to school, like our kids, like my son is nine, my, my daughter's four. You know, if they if they get if they want to go to school, I'm going to encourage it, but I'm not going to make it mandatory. Yeah. Right. You just have to be a productive citizen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I think it's a matter of like, if you're doing something productive, like, and it's working for you, and they're, you know, I might not agree with it right now, but if you are strong enough, you know, in thinking and feeling that this is going to bring you something in the future, definitely. Yeah. Like my dad, you know, he, you know, my parents didn't go to college or anything like that they did the best they could and my dad was always like you have to go to school you're not gonna be shit like Mm -hmm. he literally told me that and I'm like you know I I went to school to do something that I ended up dropping out for and I'm grateful because I look now and I'm like I probably wouldn't have been happy Mm -hmm. and you know my dad for so long was like you're not gonna be shit if you don't get a degree and I'm like dude like I'm all right. Yeah. Like, I'm really responsible, reliable. I've had great, mm-hmm. you know, jobs. I have an amazing work ethic. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm not, like, a degree is not going to determine no, where I'm going in life. Not anymore. Yeah. No. And then my father was a musician, too, for a long time. So once he found out that I wanted to do music, he was like, are you sure about are you this? Sure? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right. But I think he understood it from the point of, like, he was a musician. Mm-hmm. So he understood it and respected it. But he was still kind of like. Uh, but right. you might still have to and I'm like I'm okay yeah, I'm right. still being productive and, and I have been in school matters. since that's and I've, you know, I've gotten a lot of great opportunities you know yeah. and that's the thing I feel like as long as you're being productive like if mm-hmm. you're home being a couch potato you're not doing anything it's like yeah, what nah, are you doing yeah, yeah. yeah, you gotta be productive and progressive man and that's, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about man. exactly and I think with, with, with your story Apollo like you know, and I guess a lot of us producers, like our version of being productive was just making beats all day. Yeah. And but we didn't know we were necessarily being productive. I don't think we cared. Well, you know, it was just it was an addiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was I think it was uh addiction and still is addiction, having fun, uh being really fascinated. And do you also like get the high of like Absolutely. oh shit I, I like i can't this wait to turn this into something crazy yo i love one of my favorite things is watching a beat of mine come alive with with from with, nothing with, with lyrics yeah you know as into a song mm-hmm. yeah. something i've been listening to for a month you know just as a as a skeleton and then all of a sudden it's just this amazing joint man it's an amazing song i yeah. love that i love that yeah but it's like so here so i used to make you know, I would say, you know, 10 years ago when I, when I was a single bachelor with no kids, mm-hmm. you know, I used to make mad beats. I'd just sit there and make beats, beats, yeah. beats, beats. <laughs> and I used, to make, I used to make beats like an MC would just have a notepad mm-hmm. on the train and just writing lyrics and shit. Yeah. Just to make, be, making beats just to stockpile and make beats for no reason. Yeah. Um, then, you know, life changes and, you know, you, you, you have kids and right. you yep. get married and all that other stuff and you have other responsibilities. How many beats do you make a week? Now, yeah, oh man, it's is I can't even say because there will be times where I'll spend like two weeks of like just making beats, and then I'll go two weeks a month sometimes. I can, I, can, I can spend two weeks yeah, making a beat, one one beat, <laughs> one because everything's compartmentalized now. So yeah. everything I do because of that's why I'm looking for a building. 
But um, because I work from home and, you know, I have my daughter all day and, you know, my son gets home from school and he's there and then my wife's there and blah, blah, blah. I might start some drums. You're making it increments. Then I got to get up and go do something. (laughs) And I come back and I might find a sample and I got to get up and then I might start chopping it. Then I got to get up and go do something. And then so by the time I get done, four days have passed by making this beat. My thing was like, oh, if I can make four beats a week, that's 16 beats a month. That's an album's worth of beats a month. A month. Which is amazing. Which is great. You know, yeah. it's not, you know, I know people that make 20 beats a day. Yeah. You got people like Knotts that'll sit there all, all day. day and make He's beats. He's a beast. But yeah. Knotts also has grown kids. Like, he right. has nobody, you know, yeah. nobody's like interrupting him. You know, yeah. he's just mm-hmm. down there chilling, doing his thing. Wow, he got that out the way. He's an alien. Now yeah. he's just. Like, yeah, it's all out the way. I, now so I can't like, wait. Yo, like, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my, mine are small and, you know, and, right. and responsibility. So, mm-hmm. but like I said, if I can make four beats a week. 16 beats a month that's an album's that's worth fact. I only make two and, albums a year right you know what I'm saying and so, also quick side note for all those listening if you know someone or uh, or have resources to a studio in Detroit yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, in, in Detroit. Well, not necessarily a studio because a lot of people are thinking I'm, I'm uh-huh. looking for something to work so out of. So tell them what you're looking for. I don't want to I don't want to work out of a studio. I want my own studio. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You I, need I a studio. Have, yeah, I want a space to lease for my own, like an empty box that I can come in and mm-hmm. create and, yep. and make my own. Like I don't want – a lot of people were, were thinking I need somewhere to work out of. No, yeah. I got that locked. So yeah. I, I can work out of all kinds of studios. In okay, so listen, that. guys who are in Detroit – or in around the area, Paolo is not looking for on a ready-made studio. No, no, no. If anyone's listening and you have a, a space, or maybe if you're a realtor and you own a commercial space or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And um, you know, how many square feet are you looking? I'm just looking for like 500 to a thousand square feet. There you go. It's just four for me. walls that you can make your own. Yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make my own spot. Key in hand and pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. I come and go as when I please. You want. Two exactly. o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the afternoon, whatever. I, whenever I feel the inspiration. If you have that, or you know someone who might. Hit Apollo Brown up. You Absolutely. know what I mean. Hit yes, him up please. on the DM Apollo at Apollo Brown. Yep, yep. And uh, you guys can do that. But I'm, you know, hopefully someone's listening. And they, yeah, man. You have that, man. Yeah. But that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it's yeah. just I don't think I'm taken seriously enough when I because I work out of the home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I hear my wife, "Hey, go ask your your dad, blah blah blah." Or, go tell your dad, and I'm like, "Yo, I'm working." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And or my daughter comes down, "Dad, play with me." And I'm like, no, I, right. Daddy can't right now. Daddy's working. So how would but you find the me. time, though? Like, since you say you want to get to the point where you make, like, four beats a week, how are you... Did you start that yet, or how do you... No, I, I do that. I do that. Mm-hmm. And then there's time, like like, like you said, I can, I've literally gone, like, three months without making yeah. a beat. Yeah. Does you that bother you? Because that kills me inside. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm the same way, and it's we not talk about purpose. this all yeah. the time. There's times that I'm like, every day I'm like, I feel it knock something out. And then there's a time where it's, like, two weeks, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll literally drive myself crazy. Like, I'm slacking. What am I doing? Yeah. And sometimes you need that space. But other mm-hmm. times, I guess as a creative, you always feel like you need to be creating. So I have a I have a lab work folder. So I have this folder. It's called, it's just titled lab work. And mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of unfinished shit. Like, so I'll, have, I'll start a beat. And, and I'll be in one of those funks where I'm just like, yo, I don't like anything. I don't like this sample. I don't like this, what I've chopped. I don't like this beat at all. So I put it into the lab work folder. Like lab work one, two, mm. three, down to 100, 130 or some shit like that. And then so when I'm when I'm feeling you know that way or whatever, I always go through them lab works and then there's always them. something in there. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, I wasn't Why feeling was this I at the time. At the time, yeah. at the time I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> it might be something from six months ago, it might be something from a year ago. 
or two weeks yeah. ago. Done whatever. But I'll go through them. That's a good strategy. Yeah. And, and then I and I'm like, yo, because I don't I don't if if I'm if there's an inkling in my head that I'm like, yo, this might be dope. I don't throw it away. I, yeah. I delete a lot mm-hmm. of shit. Definitely. But if I if there's something in my mind that I'm like, yo, I might like this another day. Let me just come back mm-hmm. to it. Wow. I'll put it in the lab work folder. And then I'll go back to it, and I just be like, "Yo, yeah. this is nuts." Because then like, sometimes nah. you hear something different when you go back to it. Absolutely. Like you'll be like, "You know what? Nah, let me. Sp- I or like that, but let me speed up the tempo." Or you're not in that or, mood. You're not in the yeah, mood. Not in the you mood. Know, not in that mood. You That's might, a really that good strategy. That might not be your taste right now. Definitely. Yeah. And then you go back, and you're like, "Yo, this is what I was looking for. This is right. what I need." Right. You know. So I do that. You know, I have a big lab lab work folder. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. You guys in the comments section, um, whether you're on iTunes or SoundCloud or YouTube, um, hit us in the comments section and let us know what your strategy is. You know, are you guys saving beats? Are you throwing beats away? Do you, you know, start a beat and then finish it a day later or a week later or a year later? Um, let us know in the comments yeah. section. But I think that's interesting. Don't be discouraged if you're yeah. only making a couple beats a week. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think there's I people, because you have the people who are like, yo, I made 20 beats today. And so other producers or other beat makers are feeling behind because they're like, yo, yeah. I didn't, I only made one beat today no. and this other dude made 20. Right. That doesn't, no. them 20 beats might be garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it might be 20 garbage yeah. beats, but that one beat you made might be amazing. That's a fact. Yeah. Don't let timing or, or feel like you have to make a certain amount of beats in a day or a week or a month or whatever. Just, just do you. And, okay. and if it takes you two weeks to make one beat, it takes you two weeks to make one beat. So mm-hmm. what? Who cares? Yeah. It's quality, man. I think people are, are, are quality being, over quantity. People are being uh, uh, hard on themselves. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. You but know what I mean? work your craft every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you whether you make a beat or not, work your craft every day. I try to work my craft every day. Whether I'm making drums, whether I'm listening to samples, whether I'm trying to make a beat, whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing. Whether I, I I go to the I go I go to the uh, the record shop. Um, I go digging. Whatever I'm doing, I'm working my craft every day, man. Because yeah. it's a job. It's my career. Mm-hmm. I don't take days off. Yeah. You know You're doing at least one thing that's productive in that Something day. that is Something. towards my... Towards my, your goal. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. It's crazy because I was going to ask you to leave them with a piece of advice. I think that was it. That's, that's it right there. there that's go. amazing. Work your craft, period. This, work, is your, this is your job. This is your career. Work your craft. Um, Apollo, where can they find you on social media? Man, at Apollo everywhere. At, at, at Apollo Brown on Instagram, at Apollo Brown on Twitter. Apollo Brown on Facebook. Branding right there, guys. Um, Branding. Yeah, yeah. You try to keep, you know, try to keep everything consistent. You got to keep right. it consistent. You got to keep it consistent. I know you have to do the beats one thing. I do, man. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you got a jet. But, um, Work. man, amazing. Thank you for coming through, Apollo. Right. And uh, me, man. you guys listening, go get that Apollo Brown, Joel Ortiz album. Yes. Yeah, uh, Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. It's out now on all platforms. Work. Shit is fire. Go get that. Really, really happy for you guys, man. So amazing. It's always good to download it. Always good to soak up this energy, man. I love this energy. Likewise, (laughs) next time, you know, if we're ever in Detroit. Yeah, gotta come. Yeah, we gotta see we, you, man. we gotta we gotta hit the, the other something. side of the other side of the pond too. Yes, man. yes. Gotta work on something. Yeah, man. I've been dying to go Let's out work there, on something. Man. I've been dying to go Let's out there. It. Oh my god. Um clap it up for Apollo Brown one time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah.